From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Monday morning edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready, Clark Ford at Studio. We will talk about Ole Miss basketball's loss to Alabama. Bit of a bludgeoning in Oxford over uh, on Saturday night as the Crimson Tide won by, I don't know, 25 or 22 or something like that. Um, we'll also discuss Ole Miss baseball. They are up to 15th nationally in D1Baseball.com, 13th nationally in Baseball America after a 4-0 week and a three-game sweep. Of Xavier over the weekend, the Musketeers uh, didn't manage much of anything, frankly. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Pretty uh, big week for Ole Miss coming up. They have Southern Miss at home tomorrow night at four o'clock, and then they head to Greenville, North Carolina, to take part in the Keith LeClaire Classic that features High Point on Friday, East Carolina on Saturday, and Indiana on Sunday. The three other teams in that event there with the uh, Cliff Godwin and. Uh, the uh the pirates so we'll talk about that and more coming up on the podcast today podcast brought to you every single day by the oxford exxon highway 6 west in oxford use your game tickets for coupons 150 off steeper packs or sacks full sack full there with the oxford crystal and the next door the oxford exxon you know you get ribs wet or dry you can call ahead be ready to go for you or just stop by and pick them up very quick process there at the oxford exxon also uh, you get great gas prices it get even better with the speed pass plus app the Mobile Rewards Program, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He will send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around, or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove it to you. 662-257-1900. Guests will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Uh, be a perfect time uh, this week, I guess, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is Fat Tuesday. It's Fat Tuesday party. You can celebrate New Orleans style with DJ Drum, Hurricanes, and Daiquiris. Sure, they'll have uh, Ole Miss Auburn up on some of the screens there as well. Be a fun uh, Tuesday night in Oxford at uh, Rafters Music and Food, and then on Sunday brunch begins at ten forty-five. Features homemade biscuits and chicken and waffles, live bluegrass music, the famous mimosas, the famous five-dollar Bloody Marys, as well at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. <clears throat> Ten thoughts up on the site, some baseball stuff, some basketball observations from uh, from Saturday uh, night as well. Um, what's Ole Miss's basketball schedule this week? Auburn tomorrow night uh, at Auburn, and then uh, Vanderbilt at home. Are they getting that kid back anytime soon? Auburn? I don't know. Coro? I don't know. I think they're hoping so. Different team without him. They did, they did manage away past Tennessee on Saturday. but yeah, Big loss for Tennessee. They had a shot. I didn't watch it, but at one point I saw the score was Tennessee was up by 10 or 12, and I thought, well, they're going to get back. Same as Auburn. always with Auburn. But they didn't get it done. Auburn, uh, to its credit, finds ways to win games, and uh, they did. And so, yeah, Ole Miss plays them, and then they play uh, they play Vanderbilt at home on Saturday. Then they 
play host to Missouri next Wednesday at home, and then they uh, then they go to Mississippi State a week from Saturday to finish the regular season. Then they'll wrap it up in Nashville in some shape, form, or fashion. I saw the stat from Matt Smith on Twitter on Saturday. Vanderbilt still coming to Oxford for basketball, coming to Oxford for baseball later. I guess SEC teams in football and basketball since January 1st of 2019, meaning the last calendar year plus month and a half, two and 39. Yeah. Two and 39. Yeah. They've been, they've really struggled. They've been bad for a while. There's, it's weird because when, uh, Kevin Stallings, Stallings was able to get players there. It looked like Drew was going to get players there. Looking back, they probably made a mistake running him off the way that they did. Would have been better off giving him more time. I mean, why the hell not? Then Stallings went to Pitt and had like the worst head coaching tenure in, in NCAA history. Yeah, and got them sanctions and such on the way out. <laughs> I mean, that's hard to do. You, you you suck, you lose, and you get popped on the way out. I mean, that's... He's an interesting guy, Kevin is. I've had pleasant conversations with him, but there are people who cover him who proclaim him to be perhaps the world's greatest prick. I hear that a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I've I've never really no, his only, kid played baseball at like North Carolina. His or kid something? plays for the Pirates now. It does. Jacob does it? Stallings. Yeah, he's like okay. a backup catcher. He's still in the bigs. Okay, I want to say he went to Carolina, but I don't know why I think that. That sounds right. Yeah, I, I, North I, Carolina. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I remember them showing him. In Omaha, or postseason stuff, they would show Stallings, and I, I, I want to say it was North Carolina. Just as I'm, as I'm yeah, he's, thinking he's, out loud. He's a he's quality major leaguer. He doesn't start, but he's he was Cervelli's backup, and whoever the catcher is there now, he's he's their backup. I don't know what his future is long term when he gets off of his first deals and such. If you can catch and swing a bat at all, you've got a shot to stick around for a while in that in that deal. He's a good player. Yeah. I'll uh, start with baseball. I'll move through it pretty quickly. Um, I'll have some content up later, kind of gathering some thoughts from the weekend a little bit because I'm, I'm not really sure what to make of it yet. Ole Miss pitched incredibly well regardless of opponent. Um, they maximized offensively. I didn't think they were great offensively. But they were good enough offensively. Xavier can't hit a lick. Uh, I'm not really sure how they scored a lot of runs on Memphis. We'll see. Maybe it was even better than I think from Ole Miss pitching standpoint, but I didn't think Xavier presented very well offensively. Um Pitching-wise, Xavier has some arms. They couldn't throw the ball in the strike zone. It gave Ole Miss tons of opportunities, and then Ole Miss hit. Ole Miss had more home runs on the weekend than Xavier had hits. Um, stat you don't see very often. It was the fewest hits allowed by Ole Miss in a three-game series in the modern era. Um, when we say modern era, simply because it's really hard to look up some scrap from the 50s. Um, I think Ole Miss is doing that today because there's one series in 1956 against LSU that they think may uh, may be a, a change for that, but they had to go dig through some archives to find that. But but Xavier had uh, six hits for the entire series over the uh, over the weekend. I think no eight. I think it was six today. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, it's fewest. No hitter on Friday. Combined no hitter. Doug Nikhazy went six innings. Drew McDaniel, the freshman, pitched a couple innings, and then uh, Jackson Kimbrell, another freshman, pitched a final inning as well. Craig's kid. Uh, yeah, absolutely correct, kid. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this, and I didn't. It didn't really fully sink in later because you watch a no hitter, no matter what it is or who the opponent is, it's kind of cool. That's something you don't necessarily see every day. I think it's the first time I think in a game that I was not playing in that I've ever seen a no hitter all the way through 
completely. Like where I turned it on or I was at it or whatever and I watched a no-hitter. Nine innings. I, I think it's the first time I've ever seen one. I think. I'd have to think about it, whether I've seen one or not. Because, I mean, you know, you always turn them over in the seventh inning or turn it over in the eighth inning. But because I, I didn't even. Oh, I know the one. I, I saw. I watched Cole Hamels no-hit the Cubs a few years ago when he was with the Phillies. I watched that game from start to finish. That's about Carlos Zambrano threw a no-hitter for the Cubs, but I didn't see all of it. I saw the last, I don't know, four innings. Mm-hmm. I saw most of a Jake Arrieta no-hitter against the Dodgers, but I don't think I saw the whole game. And I may have watched his entire no-hitter when he no-hit the Reds the next season. I probably did. I don't know. I gotta think. I have to think about it. Yeah. So, first one. I've seen several get wrecked in the ninth inning. Um, I've seen a couple even wrecked with two outs in the ninth. The kid from ECU last year had a no-hitter going – against Ole Miss with, I think, two outs in the ninth. It got wrecked. They almost ended up losing the game. And then Mississippi State in 2007, I think, um, had a no-hitter against Ole Miss with two outs in the ninth and an error. Um, extended the game, and then the next guy for Ole Miss got a hit. So I've seen seen a couple of those in the ninth inning the first time. I didn't really even know. I didn't notice it until Nikhazy came out after the sixth and hadn't given up one. Or I guess going into the sixth is when I noticed it. Um and then, yeah, the freshman held on. Um, Xavier had two hits on Saturday. They had a bunt single and then an actual real hit, too. Um, Gunnar Hoagland struck out 12. He looked incredible. He was really, really good um, on Saturday. And then Derek Diamond, again, just held it together. Gave up one home run. He threw a slider over the middle of the plate with two strikes. It ran straight into the bat. No big deal. Um, otherwise, six Ks, no walks. Ole Miss was uh, very efficient around the strike zone. Bullpen still has some question marks. There's no doubt. Tyler Myers being out is a is a, is a problem. Greer Holston did not look very good again yesterday. He's leaving the ball up in the strike zone. And frankly, more than anything, he just has no confidence right now. I, I think it's a mental thing as much as physical. And not like Yips last year. I don't mean that. Just you lose a season essentially. You come back. You get hit a little bit. It's just it's just a mental thing there. It's tough to kind of necessarily grab that confidence. I think it's something that could come quickly. Mike's going to continue to run him out there. He did get out of the inning, I thought, with a strikeout that, that might have helped a little bit. So uh, so we'll see. But I still think bullpen arm-wise might be one uh, one short or at least having to kind of figure out roles there with uh, with those guys. And there's time to do that. They they head to East Carolina. Still February. Yeah, it's still February. They play Princeton next weekend, and then LSU comes to town the week after that. But nonetheless, um, yeah, it was fine. They were better defensively over the weekend, although Mike didn't make a point that, frankly, there weren't many balls in play. Um, but they did play well. They yes, one thing with a no hitter too. You got to you got to play pretty good defense. They did that. Plumley ran a ball down on the left that could would have gotten down with some outfielders out there. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Xavier scored a lot of runs on Memphis. They took two out of three from Memphis the first weekend. Didn't hit Ole Miss at all. I looked at Memphis a minute ago. They they swept Dayton last weekend. Again, you can't do this transitive property thing in baseball. But nope. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Um, also a good time, as we mentioned the other day, that I'm using D1 Baseball all year. And it's not really to avoid highest rank. It's because there's nothing in the world I hate more or a few things than number six versus number six. That kind of thing drives me insane. So that's the reason I grab one pole and just stick with it, regardless of where anyone is ranked. So I get almost 15th in D1 Baseball, 13th in Baseball America as of uh, as of this morning. Uh, Wes Burton will pitch tomorrow for Ole Miss against Southern Miss. I think he probably is Ole Miss's best midweek option. Although I think he'd be really valuable out of the bullpen as well, so I kind of want to see how Mike handles this, at least beyond the next two weeks. They've got they've got Southern Miss this week. I think they have Memphis next week. I, I know I know he's going to put a little more emphasis on those midweek games, um, but I'm kind of curious to see if he uh, if Burton throws well in these games, if he tries to use him in some other bullpen fashion. 
or in a little greater bullpen fashion should that not be the case. So, I don't know. But anyway, Burton tomorrow against USM, 4 o'clock in, uh, in Oxford for uh, for that one. I feel like there was one or two more notes for baseball, but I don't really remember what they were. Game ended yesterday in a walk-off in the eighth inning. They, they did not tell us that the game was going to be a run rule game um, 10 after 7 until the seventh inning, and then Xavier promptly scored two runs to screw that up, so we had to play one extra inning. But Hayden Leatherwood had three hits yesterday, including a home run that went off the left fielder's glove to uh, to end the game with a two-run home run uh, yesterday as uh, as well. So. so the weather will cooperate tomorrow. It's raining today. It's going to rain all day today. It's all cooperating tomorrow, though? Uh, mostly cloudy, high of 55, showers late tomorrow. Low of 38, chance of rain 30%, so it's probably fine. <clears throat> They've been fortunate so far. It drizzled, it rained a little yesterday, but for the most part, nothing uh, nothing crazy. It's fine. Yeah, it, it rained. I took Carson to soccer, it was raining. And when I went back to get him, it was kind of drizzling. Mostly it stopped. They got the whole thing in, though? Their practice, yeah, yeah, he was thrilled. Sarcasm, yes, <laughs> not not into it. Well, it's that deal where they've the practices don't get rained out, but all of their games do. After a while, that kind of sucks. That does suck. After a while, I get it. How many games they got? Uh, they got a tournament this weekend. They got tournaments, but all the tournaments get. If the tournaments were held in Oxford, they'd probably be okay. But a lot of these other places, they cancel at the first sign of, of water. Question of the live string about Burton, and he's he's quite intense. How does that work as a starter? I don't know. He extended pretty well in the last inter squad. He went five innings. Um, he he's intense as far as mental to stay locked in, but he's not max efficiency on every pitch. Two different things. I mean, now he he has the, the the makeup of a starter. I just think he's potentially more beneficial as a bullpen arm right now. I mean, he's down the road. He's a starter. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, everything plays kind of downhill. From that six foot eight, six foot nine frame, fastball's got some life, but it, yeah, it's not ninety six and over whatever. It just it's just a heavy fastball that would that would yeah, it would play well as a starter. So I don't know. Mike's got to figure that out. He's got some he's got some pitching roles that still have to be evaluated a little bit, and he's got to figure out which of these freshmen are real and which one aren't. And I don't mean like period. I mean right now. You know, you, you don't you don't know what the mental strain is going to be on some of these newcomers as this thing uh, this thing moves through. He's he only has two lefty bullpen arms. He's trying to get both those guys work. They're both true freshmen, Benji Gilbert and Jackson Kimbrell. They look pretty good for the most part, but you know, again, we'll uh, we'll see when the bullets start flying a little heavier than uh than 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 Xavier over the weekend. I know obviously Louisville last week. Um so Louisville did lose a midweek game though, so maybe they are completely overrated and just forget about them. I don't know. I have found that it's very effective to uh pass complete judgment on college <laughs> baseball teams in February. I've found that if you just take the first two weeks of the season, you pretty much know who is and who is not going to Omaha. Louisville swept Valpo over the weekend, so order maybe was restored. Um, well, they're back. They did not give up many. Well, actually, they, they won a 14-10 game on Sunday. I haven't looked to see exactly what happened. Oh, there. they gave up 10 runs to Valpo? They gave so up 10 out. runs on Sunday. So they're out. And you know Valpo's out. Well, Miss would like to feel good about its schedule right now. Uh, the D1 Baseball Top 25 this morning. Florida 1, they play them. Vanderbilt 2, they play them. Louisville 3, they've already played them. Georgia 4, they play them. Arkansas 6, they'll play them. And State 8, they play them. So there's where things sit as of uh, as of this morning. Arkansas is at 7-0. and They've looked pretty good. Vanderbilt's kind of played with its food a little bit. Um, but it's 6-2. and two. It's going to be all they'll right. They'll be fine. 
well, the pitching's insane. It's just a matter of finding be, some offense. I have a hair on my hat that I can be fine. and it's driving me insane. Um, Big Ben asked in the, in the thread if yeah. Ely and Plumley become bench warmers, do they go to spring practices? I mean, listen. Well, that question's a yes. The question is how long do you keep giving them reps before we make that decision right. is the question. Yeah, they said the whole time that there's no doubt if they're not playing every day, they're going to be at least more involved with football than if they were playing every day. Right. Um, he gave them both starts on Saturday, I think. Um, I believe that's right. I don't remember a whole lot of factor factoring in. Um, I know Ely is, ta- is seeing a ton of pitches, which is good for a freshman. I think he's seeing a lot of pitches. Um, Plumley has not done anything notable other than that play in left field necessarily that caught, that's caught my eye. But, I mean, Mike, Mike's aware of sample sizes here. He's going to keep playing dudes. I mean, it's week two. It's, they're true freshmen who yeah. weren't even around in the fall. I don't no. know. I mean, you know, it's, it's – it's, 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 And they're going to go until spring football starts and then make a decision and not before. And and Jerry and Ely wants to play this, – this just can't be emphasized enough. He wants to play baseball. If you take baseball away from him, he's not going to be happy. And I don't know what Plumlee's role is in football. I've heard rumblings, if I'm honest. There's some rumblings out there that he's been told, hey, you might want to think about moving positions. I don't know how he feels about that. I don't know if that's true or not. It's out there. I don't know if it's true. I don't don't know what spring football is going to look like. They don't have the depth to go out there as much as people talk about establishing a culture and all that stuff. They 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 don't have the ability to go out there and crack skulls for a month. They they can't afford a bunch of injuries. I'm sure there's going to be some learning of of roles and schemes and all that, but people get mad at me when I do this except that I'm right. I talked to a lot of football people about this. Spring football used to be more important than it is now. It's not it's not that it's not important now. It's that they're going to go through an entire summer on campus, the whole team. And they're going to practice a lot of football. No, the coaches won't be out there, but the practices are scripted. They'll know systems. They'll know generally what they're doing. It's a big summer for, for Plumley if he wants to be a quarterback because he's going to have to work. All the things that we knew he would have to work on He's going to have to work on. And then I don't know, you know, what would happen if just this is a lot of unknown with football before you can really like what what happens with this transfer rule? Is it going to affect where kids can transfer without penalty? That could pause that could impact Ole Miss both coming and going. Some kids could come to Ole Miss that say, Hey, I, I'm coming if I can play right away, and there might be some kids that would leave if they knew they could go someplace else and play right away. There's just a lot of question marks there. I just, but it's too early to know, in my opinion, what their roles will be in, in spring football and how that will impact baseball and all that. You know, both Ely and Plumley, I haven't watched, but both of them could have bigger or smaller roles by the time March the 17th rolls around. Injuries happen in sports. An outfielder could roll an ankle and all of a sudden Ely's an everyday player. You know, stuff happens. Yeah, I guess that's the point. There's that even beyond just the are you one of the three best and what are you doing from 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 that standpoint. I mean, I don't, 
God, it's just so early. I mean, I don't. Nobody's really necessarily secured a role at all. Mike's still platooning like crazy. He's still playing a lot of dudes. Um, well, it's still very early. They've played what eight games, seven uh, games, seven, six, and one. I mean, you know. I mean, just looking at it from an offensive standpoint, Elko's playing really well. He's going to play somewhere, but he can play first base too. He's frankly the best defensive first baseman Ole Miss has. Um, and then, I, then in the outfield, nobody's necessarily played very well. Nobody's taken over a role. I mean, here's just I, I, batting averages are not the whole story. I understand that, but here are the batting averages for everyday outfielders, or at least guys in the position to be everyday outfielders: Elko at two ninety four, Bench at two hundred, Graham at two hundred. Ely at 125. Leatherwood at 500. He's played incredibly well in small opportunities. Mike's platooning him, however, right now only against right-handers. Um, Cade Sammons, 167, but again, 12 at-bats. Plumley doesn't have a hit in seven at-bats, and Trey LaFleur has, doesn't have a hit in four at-bats. I mean, we're just – sample sizes are so small. There's nothing I can draw from any of that. No. I can draw what they look like at the plate to me from a comfort standpoint. That's all I got. They could have two hot games and the numbers look completely different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's like, you know, I mean, it's going to get better. I mean, Hayden Dunhurst had a great weekend. Hit a couple home runs, had a, had a big-time hit on Friday that kind of sprung it open a little bit. He's still hitting one – where's it at? 182 for the year because he started 0 for 11. It'll be all right. It's, it's, it's going it's to it's be okay. So, Yeah. Where it is. Uh, all right come back talk about something else in a second tell you about community mortgage oxford memphis soto county and chattanooga underwriting and processing is done in memphis are getting local underwriting and understands your market a leader in condo financing a float down option and with rates as low as they've been in a very long time good time to talk to jason 662-234-2704 or j-l-o-w-e at community mtg.com our friends at blue delta jeans are excited to announce that pre-orders have begun for uh, the return of duck canvas Longtime blue delta jeans clients will remember this durable long-lasting fabric it'll be back in stock by popular demand very soon in canyon brown green gray and navy at 10 and a half ounces this georgia milled fabric will provide you with the ultimate american-made pant that is nearly unbreakable for more information or to place your order today go to bluedeltajeans.com or reach out to blue delta jeans on social media at blue delta jeans we're also brought to you by the iron horse grill they specialize in on-site large event catering for up to 250 people and off-site full catering services especially beverage catering if you're planning a birthday party a graduation celebration a rehearsal dinner or a wedding reception you want to be able to enjoy the moment the iron horse grill is your answer it's a one-stop shop for beverage services for a 250 to 500 person wedding or even a 3500 person gala it's one of the largest beverage caterers in Mississippi, and it can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black at 601-398-0151 for your catering needs. Knock that off your worry list and let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. It's located at 320 East Pearl Street in Jackson. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen and Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. 
These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by Splinter Creek. It's a gated conservation community located 8 miles southwest of Oxford, 75 minutes from the Memphis airport. SplinterCreekMS.com is the website. If you're coming in town uh, for basketball this weekend, coming up for uh, baseball here in the next few weeks, coming up for the uh, the Grove Bowl, Double Decker, whatnot, you need to, if you're thinking about moving to Oxford, thinking about retiring to Oxford, you need to look at Splinter Creek. It's uh, 34 lakefront lots ranging in size from 2 to 25 acres, 650 acres of lakes, pine, and hardwood forest, 6 miles of private roads, well-maintained running, cycling, and hiking trails. It's uh, just an absolutely beautiful piece of property. You need to check it out. Not far from Oxford at all, and yet it feels like an oasis of its own. At Splinter Creek MS, that's splintercreekms.com. Podcast is ready by Visit Oxford. Visit oxfordms.com. Go to the events page. Everything going on in town this week, and also stop by their location there on Jackson Avenue. They have welcome bags. I'll just tell you some of the things that you probably don't know about or maybe things that you would miss Otherwise, there's Ole Miss Theater and Film things this week at Meek Auditorium. Most of those during the day and at night. Several different offerings for you. There's South Talks lectures at Tupelo Room and Bernard Observatory. And uh, the third annual Oxford Date Night is February 27th, Powerhouse 7 to 8.30 for that. Maybe more uh, info as the week goes on. There's still a couple days away. The Mint Women's Conference is 28th and 29th, 8 to 5 and, uh, and more. So, again, so for more details on those events, visit OxfordMS.com slash events or just go to the events page there on the website. Saturday basketball, again, Ole Miss losing to Alabama, 103-78. Officials were a story. Ole Miss's ineptitude in a lot of ways was a story. A lot of stories there for uh, for the Rebels, who are now uh, 13-14 overall, 4-10 in the SEC. And good grief, what's going on in 7-10 to days from a change. Um, I watched it. Wasn't necessarily. God, you're brave. I did. I watched a good bit of it. Uh, what does it say, really, about? I mean, trying to phrase this the correct way. From a from the officiating standpoint, you just can't have that number of technicals without something major going on, right? That that's more what is interesting saying, to me. Yeah, I've been saying this for a while. These these officials, for whatever reason, these they, they appear to have a younger crop of officials. Uh, many of them have spent a lot of time in the gym. It's pretty obvious. Well, you're going to be on TV a lot. Um, and they're kind of – look. <laughs> I know what you want to say. I know what you want to say. Sometimes at the gym, <laughs> and I go to the gym a lot, and I like to lift. It's been a big part of me. There's a, there's a study that's out that lifting uh, produces – chemicals that help fight like some depression and stuff and that a lot of people who are being diagnosed as depressed are really not depressed they have low testosterone hmm. there's a lot of stuff that's out there like that i enjoy lifting um that i, I don't say that it's not about me my point is, is sometimes i work at a gym where there's some people there that train for bodybuilding yeah, yeah. and and not all of because a lot of those guys are the coolest guys in the world but sometimes guys go to the gym and you can tell the meathead when they're there you know what i mean the guy that's doesn't have much personality. He's kind of angry, real aggressive. These officials, a lot of them act that way. 
They are walking out on the floor with an attitude. And I thought, now listen, Ole Miss did not lose Saturday night because of officiating. You don't lose a 25-point game because of officiating. Ole Miss got beat in every major category, pretty much. They they deserved to lose the game. Alabama played uh, a very strong game, shot the ball well from start to finish. They're a good team. I've been saying that all year. They're fun to watch, mm-hmm. or could be fun to watch if the officials would get out of the way. Um, here's here's the problem though with the officials is they they come out the other night. Kermit's upset about what he views to be illegal screens that Alabama's setting. He's complaining about it throughout the first few minutes of the game. They finally call it, and as Ole Miss is taking the ball. Back down the court, Kermit gets the technical. I don't know what he said. I assume he said finally or something like that. You cannot have rabbit ears. That's not a tech. No. Calls the technical. At that point, I told uh, Nate Gabler, I said, he's not making it through this game. He's gone. Matter of time. And uh, the second half, Nate Oates gets a technical. Then Brian Tyree gets a technical on a play where I don't think Brian did anything. And Kermit, who had been demonstrative most of the night, was not demonstrative at this point. I think he simply asked what happened, and he gets the second technical and tossed from the game. At some point, as an officiating crew, and I've been saying this all year, I love basketball. I do. I, lo- I love the game. The college game at the SEC level this season has been unwatchable. People say it's not true, Neil. It is true. It's absolutely true. If you took the uniforms away that said Ole Miss and Florida and Arkansas and Tennessee and whatnot and replaced them with pick your league and dropped a fan in there with these officials, they'd leave. And they'd certainly flip the channel. I, I don't know how you watch this on television. To me, it's un- it, the product is unwatchable. I've talked to coaches and analysts and stuff around the league, and they're all saying the same thing. They're very frustrated with the product that's being put out on the, on the floor because they know that you have to market this product. You have to get people to invest. Not everyone can win. The game was strangely entertaining in person because of the, the mood. And then uh, the lady hits the putt from yeah, 94 yeah. feet and – but the game wasn't it wasn't had, the game had no flow well and some of that is because they even change their officiating as the game goes on you get really tight and then it gets loose then you get tight the players are going i don't even know what to do you, I, I don't know what you're calling or not calling at this point but 49 Which, but, fouls. But, see, but see here's the deal that creates the issue then of later in the game either side going well hey you're screwing you're not necessarily screwing anybody they're just changing their calls so what was called earlier is not called now and vice versa and it looks weird at that point yeah, no, it didn't impact the outcome of the game. Right, yeah, It yeah. impacted the game. I mean, you're calling that technical foul on Brian Tyree. It's also a personal foul. A player needs to do something egregious to get a technical foul. This isn't the NBA where sometimes you'll hit a tee on a guy in the second quarter because it means one free throw and it's your way of saying, I'm not going to do this all night. I watch the NBA every night. Now, their officials are 3,000 times better than college officials. 
but they handle a game. If, a, if, if, if you've got a rivalry game in the NBA or there's something going on and players clearly in the first quarter are up in their feelings, they'll blow a tee on somebody. It's one free throw, and it's their way of saying, hey, man, we got a game to play. Y'all can handle this at another time. I don't know. I don't know how the SEC gets these calls that they're getting every Monday and every Wednesday and Thursday. Well, see, and that's where I was going though. What here, here, here's the thing though: officiating is not SEC. It's not conference. So, what does the SEC do? Well, but here's the complaint around the league: is that if you look around, the officials that that used to call big SEC games are now calling ACC games, Big Ten games. Well, like, okay, I got, I've got this up. This is uh, Corey Keyes on Twitter, February 22nd, tweeted this out. Ted Valentine, very well-known official nationally. Yep. Everybody talks about TV Teddy. Here are his last 10 games, starting earlier in the calendar chronologically. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, VCU Davidson, Duke, North Carolina, St. Bonaventure, St. Joseph's, Miami, BC, Charleston, Southern High Point, Clemson, Louisville, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida all over the Southeast, regardless of conference in some ways, a lot of ACC, a lot of SEC. I guess that's my point is, is there something that's dictating it to be worse in SEC games or is it just what it is? And if you're the SEC, I mean, honestly, that's what I'm saying. What do you do? The only, my only theory with the SEC is that the coaching has so many, not egos. I mean, it has egos. Everybody has ego. It's strong personalities that are trying to work these officials early in games. But it is just leading to angst. I watch SEC games, and what I see is angst. I see officials that are just angry from the get-go. Used to see a veteran official go over to a coach, and be like, yeah, hey, maybe I missed that one. It's all good. You're going to miss calls. You're going to miss calls. 40-something-year-old men are going to miss calls when you're officiating a game being played by athletic 19- and 20-year-olds. They're going to miss a call. But this whole, they're just ang- they're angry and they're making too many calls and, and they're, they're anticipating calls. I like no calls. You know, game happens. Maybe there's contact. Maybe there's a hand check. Let it go. They're calling everything. They did it on Alabama the other night. I mean, both teams were in the double bonus with 12 minutes left. Everybody's shooting free throws. It's a free throw contest. And the, the teams ended up shooting about the same number. I think Ole Miss made more free throws than Alabama did on, on Saturday night. Again, the game, the outcome was not determined by the officiating. Alabama uh, was 16 of 28. Ole Miss was 20 of 27. Yeah. So the two teams shot 55 combined free throws. Alabama shot one more than Ole Miss. Ole Miss made four more than Alabama did. Yes. Didn't impact anything. Just 26 fouls or 23 fouls. 49 fouls called. Yeah. So it's one foul every 49 seconds. <laughs> to me, that's not watchable. There is no <laughs> flow. Yeah. And then, just, like just, yesterday, I watched. Uh, some of the Celtics game. I watched Spurs Thunder. And I know it's NBA players and they're better players than college players. I, I get it. But the game flows so much. Like you, said, you have to officiate differently because of the talent di- discrepancy. And maybe it is. But 
but the game flows. No, I'm saying better. the other way though. Yeah. I mean, you you will buy. I mean, it's just you know, it's like you got to let college guys it's, it's, play it's, it's, a little. It's like hey, and I mean, and I get this is a crazy example, but it's like in high school baseball, the strike zone is not the same as the major leagues. You're going to give a little off the edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So in college, hey, if it, if there's a little hand check, it's not if it's not impeding movement, stop. Well, they're fouling everybody out. Everybody's in foul trouble. I mean, Ole Miss Tyree fouled out. Um, C fouled out. Henson had four fouls. How he didn't foul out is beyond me. Just that impacts the game. The fans want to see the players play. They want to come and they want to see the players play. You want to see action. You want to see swings and momentum and all of those things. The officials just don't let it happen. I will be fascinated to see how the championship, the tournament is officiated in a couple of weeks when all of the league reps are there and when this thing probably boils to a head because I think it's going to become a talking point here in the next few days. BWL says what happened to college basketball looking at the four-quarter model where team fouls would reset. They're doing that in the NIT to experiment with it. I don't I don't know where that stands on going permanent. I like the – it's one of the things I like about the NBA is that it resets after every quarter, which prevents the crazy 11 minutes of a half where you're just shooting and shooting and shooting. Mm -hmm. I don't know how close they are or aren't to that. I haven't heard that come up in a while. Elsewhere uh, around the league for whatever matters, yesterday – hold on – Kentucky wins 65-59 over Florida. They are just putting a uh, stranglehold. Um, 12-2 now in the league. Florida 9-5. Florida, they're fine, but it's a little weird. Yeah, they're uh, fine. They're going to make the tournament. Yeah. They're fine. Kentucky 73-66 over Tennessee, as we mentioned. Arkansas over Missouri 78-68. Uh, game, it doesn't matter either way, frankly. A&M with a huge win from a Mississippi State standpoint, 87-75 over the Bulldogs on uh, Saturday, or Saturday in College well, A&M Station. A&M beat Mississippi State? Beat State up on Saturday oh, in College wow. Station. Yeah, 87-75. A&M is 8-6 in the league. Buzz Williams, man. They have no shot at the tournament. The the, the, the net does not care what conference you're in from a standpoint of a record. But no, um, Their net's in the one, it's like 119. Yeah. Georgia wins 80-78 on a uh, buzzer Crazy beater shot. to beat Vanderbilt. Crazy um, shot. In Nashville. Vanderbilt now 1-13 in the SEC with their one win being LSU. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, and then speaking of LSU, one that if they had any chance, South Carolina really, really needed uh, 86-80 LSU over South Carolina in Columbia, South Carolina. On, yes, uh, it's going to be a four-bid league, maybe five. What's going to be interesting with the tournament, with the committee, is two teams to me are interesting. Alabama's interesting. Will the committee look at Alabama and say – you know, they hit a struggle there when Herb Jones went out. Probably their best overall player. He went out with a broken wrist. He's back playing with a broken wrist, but he missed some games. Will they say, hey, you know what? They'd be better if they hadn't lost him. And then the other team that's interesting from a net standpoint, now they've got to win games. They can't stumble anymore, is Arkansas. They got Isaiah J- Joe back last week or, or Saturday. They won Saturday. They beat Missouri. Will the committee look at them and say, had they not lost him for three, four weeks, they'd be a different team. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer. Their RPI is 
when their net is like a and I, 40-ish. I get it, but at some point he's out so long that I mean, yeah. you, you well, still he, are what you are. He missed a month, and they're yeah. they're a completely different team when he's on the floor than when he's not on the floor. It, I don't know if this is right, wrong, whatever. I'm more okay with your seating being improved in one of those things, other than you getting in. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like you got to earn your way in either way, and then maybe we bump you up a line or two because of that. But I have a hard time just going justifying results over that long of a period of time. It's probably just my Razorback fandom kicking well, in. Of course, but, I mean, it is what it is. I, I don't know that either one of those teams are tournament teams. I think Alabama's more of a tournament team than Arkansas is. Um, Arkansas doesn't have the egregious losses that Alabama has at spots. Um, Arkansas this year is a lot like Ole Miss last year. Mm-hmm. No embarrassing losses. Handful of good wins. But they, they, I don't know what they have left in the in the league schedule. They they need to get hot. If they get hot, they they. I think if they get hot and finish hot, and I think this applies to Alabama too, I think that argument will have some legs. If they don't, now that these guys are back, then obviously it's going to be easy to leave them out. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, I mean, if Arkansas says, let's say they go four and one down the stretch and win two in Nashville. Anybody that's on the committee that goes, hey, you know, they lost their best player for a month. And that's when these losses happened. We got to put somebody in this damn game in Dayton. Why not yeah. them? Yeah. Be easier to make that argument than if they go two and four down the stretch. Yeah, of course. Took a break of the show. Tell you about Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy. Tyson Drugs there in Holly Springs. G&M on South Lamar in Oxford. 662-236-2222. Still an opportunity to get that flu shot. Zero dollar copay on most insurance plans. Not to wait in line or anything. They'll get you out as quickly and painlessly as possible. They also deliver local in the Oxford area to your home or workplace. They offer MedSync for your prescriptions the same day every month to make it as easy as possible on you and with right way meds. They individually package your medication to make sure you have it when you need it again. 662-236-2222. The podcast is also brought to you by Dead Soxy. If you're looking to give your employees or clients something beyond the typical koozie or if you're needing awesome marketing swag for your client or potential customer, Dead Soxy has you covered with custom socks. What better way to personalize your company swag than to create a product people will use time and time again? Visit deadsoxy.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, click on the custom socks button, and let them hold your hand through the entire process. Don't worry about not having design skills. Just share your vision with the design team, and they will get to work putting your vision into action. DeadSoxy will create a complimentary digital mock-up of your design before any orders are placed. It's time to get customized. Go custom with your friends at DeadSoxy. We're also brought to you by Southern Craft Stove and Tap. They've got your pregame and pre-concert needs covered. So whether you're headed to Oxford for the Rebels uh, basketball or baseball slate or to Tupelo for one of the many events at Bancorp South Arena, make sure to get your event started off right with a visit to Southern Craft. Conveniently located off Highway 7 and Sisk Avenue in Oxford and at 205 East Troy Street in Tupelo, Southern Craft has all your Southern favorites ready to serve your hunger needs. Drop in, enjoy a curated cocktail or one of their many craft beers on tap. And don't forget about their catering. From private events to catering in for your staff at work, Southern Craft has your catering needs covered with the meal everyone is sure to love. So make your day crafty at Southern Craft Stove and Tap. 
We're also brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild's a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last from the twin size to the California King, every Nest and Wild is one foot thick, 100% American made, and the pricing is fantastic, especially when you throw in the podcast discount. Enter the code REBEL20 uh, for your code at, at checkout at Nest and Wild. You'll get 20% off your purchase, and your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust, Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle Trust provides detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. At Pinnacle Trust, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. It's Pintrust.com, P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fees. Podcast also brought to you by In-House Interior and Design. They're inside Sugar Magnolia, booth 34 to see some different dorm room options that they have also in Tupelo on Main Street, 662-681-6241 is the phone number. They handle every aspect of designing the home, windows, doors, paint, wallpaper, lights, fixtures, lamps, flooring, rugs, furniture, and much more. They travel anywhere in state or out of state. They have 30 years combined experience. And if you still are looking for uh, potentially some dorm room design appointments, the uh, the first 10 of those, 20% off with Nikki and Ashley. So again, 662-681-6241 is the, uh, the phone number. I had seen this over the course of the weekend. You uh, you read some of it to me. The uh, head baseball coach at Seminole County High School um, gave a, uh, a a speech after they won the state championship. Yes. It featured seven or eight uh, cuss words throughout the 40 to 50 words that were uttered, and he has been removed from his job as a head baseball coach. It appears that um, he's still a teacher in the school district, which I have a hard time believing he's going to hang around for that one. Still employed by the school. They've named an interim parents outraged, or at least the parents that are talked to in this story from some television station in Orlando. But here's what it does. It shows you the this era we are in of social media, of cell phones with video, and of one or two parents, or at least some past presidents with some pretty weak administrators, one or the other. It's something along those lines. Yeah, it's hard to believe that that gets a guy fired, right? Maybe called into the office and said, hey, man, come on. Let's. Hey, you're, you you got to be a role model. There's tone involved here. It'd be one thing if after they had lost a game, he's dropping F-bombs on the bus like that. He was celebrating with his with his, the team. Did he say some words that he probably wished he had back? Sure. Was he doing any? Was he saying anything that those kids have never heard? They say not doing the old days thing, but I mean, some of the words uttered at me over the course of a high school baseball game—that that, that that was church conversation. Yeah. And nobody thought a word about it. I mean, I you're mean, just moving on and you're going on about your day. Compared to things that I heard, hell, on my junior high school basketball team. <laughs> I mean. 
this stuff. We get cussed in the prayer sometimes. Please forgive them for being blah 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 yeah. blah blah. I yeah. mean, I mean, I had. I mean, I, I won't. I won't say it here because I would hate for anybody to trace it back. But there, there were things said to me on my eighth grade basketball team that have scarred me to this day. But I'm all right. Certainly wasn't that. I mean, come on, just stupid. The more fr- the, the the more thing here is that there's no common sense or or, or correction anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? That's well, more. No, the- no kid was hurt. Nobody no. was hurt. They were celebrating. Again, the the we're speculating. Pissed off parent. It'd be my guess. Kids not playing. Something like that. I don't know. But the path to this would be you call the guy in, right? And you have a very pleasant meeting where you say, hey, coach, I, I know your heart was in the right place. In the future, if you could, try not to drop that many F-bombs in 40 seconds. It got on video. It's out. It doesn't look great. Can we work on that? And the coach says, you know what? You're right. I, I got carried away. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Yeah. Don't do it again. I'll thanks. do I'll do better. Yeah. Cool, thanks. How's your mom and them? Yeah. Parades at eight. Yeah, just move on. I mean, just, just this happened months later though. That's what I'd say. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was just thinking. This baseball season ha- ended last May or yeah, whatever. This is eight months, seven, eight months later. It's just kind of stupid. It's really stupid. It's dumb. But, you know, man, we live in this really angry time. And social media is, it's, social media is a bad thing. I used to think it was a great thing. And I know it serves a good purpose at times. But this is, this is stupid. This guy loses his livelihood over 40 seconds where he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't call anybody a racial epithet. He didn't hit anybody. He didn't cuss any kid. He didn't embarrass anybody. He didn't humiliate anyone. He didn't degrade anyone. He celebrated a state championship. Told him he was proud of the way they played. He was excited. Again, there's a corrective course that could easily be taken here. So easily. Is he going to fire the guy? I'm sure he'll go get another job tomorrow because somebody's going to say, well, he's obviously a good coach. Let's hire him. Hey, in the middle of the hiring process, hey, just when you win the state championship, (laughs) don't do that. Try not to say effing. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Good? Good. Oh, yeah. Some AD woke up this morning and goes, whoa, hold on a minute. All right. I'll make a call. I'll deal with it. Yeah, because it's easy to deal with. Yeah. So easy. Hey, coach. Hey, what do you teach? Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. Th- that, oh, that's social open. studies, huh? <laughs> cool. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. We had a spot just come open. I mean, I it's just. And hey, you know, you know, you can't say that, right? Yeah. Well, obviously, I know it now. All good. Just dumb. I mean, I say worse than that around my kids sometimes. I mean, I've dropped an F-bomb on, on occasion. They've heard it. They hear it at school. You're telling me those high you school. You catch yourself and go, uh, or Sometimes. What? I, know, I know the stuff they hear at school. 
You don't think it's the first time they've ever heard it? Absolutely not. What is the Bucks record? They just clinched the earliest playoff berth in 15 years? I think they're 48 and 8. Okay. Does it also mean how bad the bottom of the East is? No. Okay. They're really good. Well, I just mean from a number standpoint to clinch that early mm, in 15. Maybe years. a little, but they're really, really good. They're Antetokounmpo only plays about 30 minutes a night. They're their numbers per 100 possessions when he's not on the floor are pretty elite. They're very good. Hmm. Yeah, just noticing that. I don't know. Have we ever dropped the F-bomb on the Oxford Exxon podcast? I don't think we have, have we? I don't. I mean, maybe probably not for sure since Jeffrey's been gone. Um, <laughs> Now, I, that was one of the contributing factors to after hours being shut down back in the day. We had some, we had, we, we had a little verbiage early on on the after hours that, uh, that thank goodness it was after hours. Well, um, I got more complaints than it was worth. And so did you? I was like, yeah, yeah, it was back in the day. And I, looking back on it, I probably should have said it's going to be okay, but it was early and yeah. still, still, still feeling it out a little bit, but whoo. Yeah, there was, there were a couple there that, that, hmm. No, the the NBA playoffs. I don't know. Nobody wants to talk NBA. I'll be very quick. If the, if the season ended today, the NBA playoffs would be a lot of fun. Lakers Grizzlies would be a first round matchup. I mean, obviously the Grizzlies would have no chance in that, but they're a fun young team. Denver Dallas would be a great series. Clippers Oklahoma City would be a great series. Can you imagine the pressure on Paul George and the Clippers to win that series? Houston, Utah would be a fantastic series. And then it'd be Milwaukee, Orlando, which would not be a good series. Toronto, Brooklyn would not be a good series. Kyrie Irving out for the season. Uh, Boston, Indiana would be a very good series. And Miami, Philadelphia would be a would be a really good series. In the West, nobody cares. The seven seed, Dallas, is only five games back of the two seed, Denver. Denver, the Clippers, Houston, Utah, Oklahoma City, and Dallas all jammed together where that could go a lot of different ways. What did Jay call you a snowflake about? What was that about? I can't remember now. That's a snowflake about something. I don't know. Y'all have F-bombs on G-pits? Occasionally. That's the first time I've ever been called a snowflake. I don't typically skew that way. That was a first. I can't remember what it was about. Only giving this out because it's such a crazy number. Um, one last thing on Ole Miss and Alabama. Dylan had this stat um, on Saturday night. Alabama scores 103 points on 78 offensive possessions for a cool offensive rating of 132.1. For comparison, the best off- offensive efficiency rating this season, like season-wide for a team, is Gonzaga at 119.6. Wow. So Ole Miss made Alabama look like the best offense in the nation by 12, 13 points. Well, you know when you play them that they're going to jack up a lot of threes, and so they're going to make some threes. But they scored so many points in the paint easily. That that had to be what had to just – it. Ha, this team has to really frustrate Davis. He, he has to wonder. It's because you were scared to ask somebody out, Georgia Rebel says in the stream. Oh, that made me a snowflake. Yeah, I don't know if that's the correct term there. 
There is a there is a derogatory term there, but I don't think that's the one. Each week on G Pits, we'll like because that was our eighty seventh episode, so we'll talk about nineteen eighty seven a little bit. <laughs> okay. And so those are we're getting into like my high actual school, good years, now, my yeah. high school years, and Jay's beginning of his high school years, and we had a completely different approach to the opposite sex. He was a little more uh, aggressive than you were. Yeah. Jay, we sometimes will have these discussions about what would happen if we were single now. And, oh, I know what I was saying. I, I said that. I heard Jay do this because he was talking about how he's already got five or six people yeah. in his head that he would potentially pursue depending on the situation. I, I was making the point with today's political correctness and such that just asking a woman out could be deemed a, a uh, an aggressive gesture. Yeah, that I said I thought that in today's society you would probably need to sort of formally explore whether or not it would be acceptable for you. How do you do that? I don't. I guess you would have to go through a third party so that there would be no direct. I need to write something out and hand it to her. I don't know, man. I mean, you need to have like a like a form letter here. It goes, hey, it's completely within. You have to like mark yes five times before we 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 we. All I can tell you is if I ever am put in that situation, God forbid, there will be no aggression whatsoever. I'm, I'm done. I'm officially retired. The same as your uh, your ability to look as harmless as possible on a plane when a young woman enters, yes. trying to hoping she'll sit by you because it means the heavy guy won't. Absolutely. And then I leave them alone. I don't try to try strike up a conversation. I get it. You have headphones on. You don't want to talk. Cool. You're in insurance. Yep. I did that in uh, Fayetteville. I think I told you that. I told my parents that the other night. They thought it was funny. I actually told my brother that yesterday. He laughed. Our pastor pointed out in a sermon a couple weeks ago that pastor is one of the bad things to on a flight, too, potentially, because you potentially get somebody's life story and confession for hours Ooh. when you uh, when you're sitting there. He said it's like one of two things. It's either like this whoa thing or this... Hey, let me tell you about what's going on thing. One or the one, yeah. one or the other. And like, what do you do? I'm a therapist. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> three free hours. Yeah. Well, he said he sat down on a plane. And he was like, I'm in fire insurance. That's what I do. Fire insurance. So, uh, yeah. That's what I told the guy. I said, I'm in insurance underwriting for the Hartford. Nobody gives two. He's like, Couldn't be more boring. I'm like, back to my book. Goal achieved. Yeah, sports writers dangerous now. You get oh yeah, oh. sports media is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. So you you go to games for free? Or hey, so you know so and so? Yeah. Well, so you're a now. What do you do? Yeah. So you work for Ole Miss? Nope. 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 I've, it's the weirdest thing about our job. That one still does get bannered about a lot. That's that's a tough one still to. to the smartest people in the world still can't understand what it is that we do. So. So you work, how does that work? The university writes you a check? No, not even a little bit. It's just an odd deal. I mean, I I just have learned when I'm in Fayetteville, just be somebody different. It's much more fun. Because if you tell them you're a sports writer and you cover Ole Miss, they they think immediately, which is a reflection on Arkansas media for the most part, they think immediately, well, that means you're a fan. So we played y'all. I'm not y'all. And you're not we. 
And like I said, now you're getting a lot of baseball hate. So it, it'd be, it'd be. It'd get, I did get a little of that last week. It was weird. Um, there's, there's, there's a, there's an intensity with Arkansas baseball fans right now. It's, it's. Well, news flash to everyone out there. I, I'm not involved in it, in any form. A horse whisperer. Life says he used to tell people he was a horse whisperer, so people wouldn't talk to him. I have found that insurance works. And then if my only concern is if I catch somebody who finds that interesting and starts asking questions. Because you I, can't. Then I'm outed. And I don't know enough to. Like I know just enough about what my brother does to be able to have a. If it went far, like past about two minutes, I'd be in trouble. Uh, let's see. Randall Boyd asking on the uh, the live stream. Uh, Auburn got swept by UCF. Tennessee went three and zero in Round Rock. Tennessee's better. Got a good Friday guy. Got some arms. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're not bad. I think they have a chance to be a regional team for sure. They almost were last year. I don't think they got in. They were fourteen and sixteen. I don't think they got in. They would win I, I, either way. Yeah, I think they're probably a postseason team. Auburn. I thought the entire time. And I've said this on this podcast. I think they're a little overrated. They got swept by UCF over the weekend. They've got Tanner Burns. They've got some arms, but something just doesn't. Doesn't quite feel right with them. So I, if you told me to pick the team that finishes sixth in the West, Alabama's going to finish seventh. Um, I think it's Auburn. I really do. I, I think there's something a little, a uh, little weird there with, uh, with them. So anyway, final, uh, final break here in today's show. We'll tell you about Mastercuts Lawn and Landscape Premium Lawn Care throughout Northern Mississippi, but a lot more as well. They build custom playgrounds, retaining walls, pool decks, outdoor living spaces, whatever patios, forestry mulching and more in the patch your dream backyards easier than you think. Visit them online at GoMasterCuts.com for a free quote or that same free quote at 662-607-7773. Podcast also brought to you in part by The Weston Jackson. Restore serenity to your soul by visiting Soul Spa there at The Weston Jackson and then gather at Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro. Sip on a creative craft cocktail. Enjoy the curated wine list. It is open uh, for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch there at the Weston Jackson. It's a Marriott property in downtown Jackson. We're also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. You guys know how this works by now. Uh, a lot of you have taken advantage of John's services. All you do is you give him a call, you give him some parameters, you give him a budget, and then you just sit back for a day or two. And he comes up with options uh, that... Uh, have the extra attention that's needed to make a special trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB offers its customers the absolute best cash checking account. It's called Casasa and with Casasa, OUB. We'll pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. OUB also offers online bill pay and mobile check deposit using its online app. To learn more, go to liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. 
OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group. They're dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. The firm is built on decades of wealth management experience. Their financial advisors have a reputation for professional excellence, and their clients rely on their high level of confidence and integrity. So whether you need guidance on developing a financial plan, creating a customized executive benefits program for your business, or preparing a detailed asset allocation analysis, Bluff City Advisory will provide forward-thinking and cost-effective investment strategies customized to uniquely fit each client. 901 365 3447 or email ben at bluffcityadvisory.com. Peter Burns from ESPN putting this on Twitter this morning, and it's just radio fodder, especially for a Monday morning. You found yourself cornered in a battle versus actual gamecocks like the rooster. Yes. How many would it take for you felt uncomfortable for your chances of survival? Living? Yeah. Uh, they're really aggressive. He thinks he could take on as many as 16 gamecocks. That's a lot. Says that 50% of them wouldn't even know they're in a fight, which means only really eight are in play. Then they probably wouldn't coordinate to rush at the same time. Thought, thought the key thing is that you, game you'd have to stay up. Can't get on the ground. You you're can't get trouble. on the ground where they can. Also, you're not in a confined area. You have as much room to move if you, as you need. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd be a little intimidated. I'd want to get out of there. I would think a couple of kicks to a Gamecock would put it away. Because, I mean, other than a Bulldog. The Gamecock would be the one you would want to deal with of SEC mascots. Yeah. I, I don't want anything to do with the tiger. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> I mean a bear, a wildcat, I'm good. No, I don't want bears, I don't want wildcats. I don't need I don't need any type of militiamen. No, because they're Commodores armed. or Aggies. They're no, armed. Alligators are no goes. Mm I'm not really afraid of a land shark if I'm totally honest. Um see I I forgot. I forgot about the shark. I was about to say a damn bear. I completely forgot about the shark. I don't know if you heard. Ole Miss got rid of the I, I bear. I swear to God, I was about to say bear. I completely forgot about the shark. Ole Miss got rid of the bear and created a shark. So you think you would take on some land sharks? I wouldn't be scared of a land shark. It would be a fish completely out of water. Well, take- he has feet. He walks around. I saw him almost eat the woman after she made the putt on Saturday night. Did I mean, He attacked her. I'm like, dude, She's in her mid eighties. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> you see the woman celebrating all of a sudden, just a shark. Yeah, just uh, overtakes her. Done it, done it. No, the, the crimson. It's an elephant. No, I can't take on sixteen elephants. No. A trunk could knock you down. They could kill you with one swing of a trunk. Not repeating. <laughs> uh, Doors, I got to do it. Doors Rule 28 says I'm a black male. I'm scared as hell of a Confederate soldier. <laughs> Avery Forbes wins a car, breaks him. <laughs> <laughs> I was really afraid he was going to knock her down. It was a great putt. It was a hell of a putt. Because most people, they do that every game, obviously, and most people don't even hit the board. Well, 
did it stay fairly straight? Like, is the is the, I mean, in all seriousness, is the, is it is it flat where it's gonna stay fairly on a straight line? Yeah, you know, on, on a basketball court, there's like a, for lack of a better word, it looks like a little drainage thing. Okay. I thought when it rolled over that, that that would skew it. Would kick it off. But it didn't. It just kept going. You could tell early the way it was rolling down the, the lettering on shot. the court that it was headed in the right direction and that it was going to at least hit the board. And then it just kept going straight. Someone says, did they move the board? I don't think so. What do you mean? Do they move? Like, the board? did they move it to make the ball go through? No, not at all. No. Now, and I, I'm not even sure it's exactly set up in the same place every time. Right, it might even be a few feet, few inches off. Um, yeah, it's an alien can opener. Still the best. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> it was impressive. It was a hell of. It's a got pub. a lot of. It's gotten a lot of pub because I obviously follow tons of golf stuff on Twitter, and it's popped up everywhere. You wonder, like the guy in Vermont that watches that goes. What the hell is that? What what is what is that thing? Oh, the shark? Yeah. Like everybody thinks it isn't it awesome that an an eighty four year old yeah. woman knocks down a ninety four foot putt to win a car? Yeah. Hell yeah, everybody's in on that. And then they, where's the shark consumes her? But it's not really a shark. Because the guy from Rock goes, Okay, it was an old miss, right? Yeah. Hold on. I thought they were the Are they the Bulldogs? They're the rebels. <laughs> what? What? I'm sorry. I yeah. don't know. Really cool story with the uh, Zamboni driver over the weekend. The that NHL was awesome. Game. Um, I had to learn about this. I had to ask several people on Twitter to get some get responses. Um, He's from Toronto, too. So it was against the Maple Leafs. No, it was against the Canadians, wasn't it? I thought it was against the Maple Leafs. I wasn't. I thought it was Montreal, but either way. I don't know. Yeah, either way. Some Canadian team. So... His wife's a in. giant Maple Leaf fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, but it was Maple Leaf, so I don't know. Like yeah, you're right. Never mind. I'm sorry. So, again, I had to kind of learn this. I had no idea. <clears throat> the home team in an NHL game has to supply an emergency goalie. So, if something happens to the two goalies you have on the roster, you're not putting a position player in goal. Um, and it, he, they would go for either team should that be necessary. Um, it happened with Chicago a few years ago. It doesn't happen very often. And when it does, not for very long at all. However, this guy who was just kind of a beer league goalie just kind of did it recreationally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carolina needs a goalie. He gets in goal and wins the game the other night. Yeah, played really well. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. No, yeah. no money from a contract standpoint because he's an amateur. Um, however, he's getting a portion of the, the jersey sales and some of that, and, and some players just gave him money after the game. Yeah, it was, it was, and he won't be with them like moving forward, right? What do you mean? He won't be with the Hurricanes. Well, I mean, he's not like with no, 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 not, not yeah. at all. It was a one day thing. He'll just continue to be, I guess, the Toronto emergency should they need somebody. I mean, I, I think Patrick told me they rotate four or five different ones over the course of the season, obviously, because an amateur can't be at every game, just hanging out. Um, cool though, really neat. He didn't start the game, but the no, other no, guy, no. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. other guy, got hurt, mm -hmm. and he had to come in and yeah, play. Played at least a period, maybe something like that. Yeah, I think a little more than that. Yeah, his social media was funny. Did you find the wife's account? No, no. Okay, no. so her account. If you go and look at it, it's really funny. But her, when he goes into play, and her husband's playing in an NHL game against her favorite team at the age of 42, her tweet was, 
blank me. Yeah, yeah. And she meant it in a way like, I, I'm blown away. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, you had the two predictable responses. Well, one was where would you like to meet, oh, which was predictable, which is like, dude, stop, stop, stop. You're, you're. And then the other guy, oh, this, this is how you celebrate this giant moment. It's like, oh, stop with that. She was just excited. Social media. Man, the social media warrior. Anonymity, for the most part. You know, and then one of her friends was like, this is awesome. But if, it was a, a fellow Maple Leaf fan. This is awesome, but I got to be honest, I'm torn. <laughs> and she, she made a joke like, I am too, or whatever. It was funny. I mean, you know, it's cool. It's a cool story. Yeah. On social media, I always have a little bit of a... A worry when I see a mention and it's not somebody with their real name in their in their Twitter profile. If I don't see a real name and I see something else, like oh, I don't like where yeah. this is going. Nope. This this is this is a guy that likes his anonymity for a reason that I'm not probably not comfortable with. As uh, as this is going on. Oh gosh. Uh yeah. So that happened. We're in combine uh, measurement week. I see that blowing up. Oh, all is over that starting Twitter. today? Well, I'm seeing measurements. Um, okay. All over all over my thing. I'm seeing measurements today. So I'm assuming, uh, I'm I'm assuming so. Um, one of the me- women highlighted in uh, the film Hidden Figures died today at 101. Wow! The black mathematician who calculated the flight path for America's first space mission and the first landing on the moon. Oh wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay and I talked about how this past weekend was the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. You you don't remember that. I take it. I wasn't alive. You weren't alive yet. December of 83 is my birth. The Miracle on Ice was my first sports memory of significance. Right around that time. I, I do remember the 1979 World Series. And I remember the, I remember that hockey deal. It was big. It was um, huge. Probably bad. I mean, some of these are very predictable given what's going on around the, the world right now. But, um... Probably a bad thing for Under Armour. We don't talk about sports apparel very much, but 52-week lows um, in the stock market this week. Really? Um, Viacom, Carnival, that's not a shock. No. Ford, I don't know why. Coles, Norwegian Cruise, not a shock. Royal Caribbean, not a shock. Under Armour, Baker Hughes, Devon, Devon, I don't know. Marathon, Noble Energy, Exxon, United Air, DuPont, and Sealed Air. So hmm. 52-week lows for those companies. Just, again, scrolling across Twitter there. I don't know what Under Armour has done or not done to be in that situation, but just, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of pointing it out. Um, I wonder if it's because a lot of their product is made in China. Oh, really? I'm just guessing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I've read a pretty good bit on some of the scary ways they think some of that's spreading, though. I mean, it's it's especially now. I saw something on Saturday where they think the incubation period could be more than 14 days, so you yeah. could have two weeks of doing. They're bringing all Who those people what? to Aniston and locking them up basically for a month. Mm-hmm. There was one guy they think had it after an incubation of more than 14 days that he did all these different things. He took a trip. He ran a half marathon. And you just start trying to track it and figure it out. And if that's so, don't know. So, yeah. Uh, Not a good time to be in the cruise line business. Oh, no, you're... You're looking you're, for something else at that you're, point. You're effed yeah. to keep, Speaking with, of, to keep yeah, with the yeah, theme yeah. of the day. Yeah. So, all right. 
Back tomorrow, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, tomorrow, 4 o'clock. A lot of stuff at rebelgrove.com. More coming your way later today as well. So uh, be safe. Watch it uh, rain outside as it is right now. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.